We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Okay, so... Uh, the, the date is September 12th, 13th, no, 12th, 12th, yes, 12th, and it's a Wednesday. Um, I just got back from my uh, glorious trip to Los Angeles, where I got to hang out to 50% of the UGTV.org podcast listening audience, uh, Alexis Perplexis, uh, as I did my uh, appearance on Doug Loves Movies. While I figure out what I'm going to say, today's musical guest is Caro? Caro? No, not Caro. That imitation chocolate? Boo. I mean, look. Hey, don't get me wrong. I liked Caro, but you have to know it's Caro. No, not Caro. Carob. Sorry. Carob going in and not be like, yeah, it's just as good as chocolate. It tastes just like chocolate. No, it does not. It's its own thing. And it's fine. It's good. I enjoy it. But it's not carob. Anyway, this isn't carob either, and nor is it chocolate. This is Caro Emerald. And take a listen. The reason why I know this exists is, again, uh, just like the previous um, week's musical uh, guest. Yeah, right. Like, like I'm doing this all illegally and bootleg. Actually, I'm not doing this illegally. The Digital Rights Music Sharing Act. Hey, we're getting to some serious Lenny Bruce material now where Lenny is just like, let me read you my court cases and tell you why I'm being illegally persecuted. Okay, but I'm just telling you that in the Digital Rights Sharing Act of whatever, they ruled that, not ruled, they made a law saying you can distribute uh, uh, musical files to, I think it's five people. And then after that, it becomes piracy. But fortunately, only four people, no, two people listen to this podcast. So look, I could double my listenership and uh, not worry about violating any law about musical distribution. Anyway, so, uh, oh, right. So this, I know, uh, uh, imitation chocolate here um, uh, is, uh, no, wait, Caro L. Emerald. Uh, is uh, from uh, 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 what is that thing? Pandora, the box! Yeah! Um, yes, Pandora's box. Do you think that's why we call uh, women's vaginas boxes? Is because it's of Pandora's box. Do you think that's it? I think that's it. Let's just say that's it. Because, uh, um, you know what? I, I, I don't really feel like, though, that a woman's vagina is a Pandora's box. Like, I don't think it, like, unleashes like problems like the fabled Pandora's box does. I think it actually like makes everything better. Like once I get into that Pandora's box, I open that Pandora's box. As long as I'm not getting her pregnant, I am solving lots of things. I am so much happier than uh, when it was closed. So 
Uh, oh, right, Pandora. Boy, you know, sometimes I, I uh, take these tangents and uh, I always pride myself on like getting back, but I don't always make it. I don't always make it. So, uh, oh yes, so Pandora, uh, I have a Pomplamoose channel. And even though these guys are nothing like Pomplamoose, somehow they were like, well, that's the thing about Pandora. I, I feel like a lot of Pandora is a shrug. Like, yeah, here, you know, it's like, we don't care that our algorithm is shit. We don't care that this actually isn't anything like this other thing you were listening to, but eh, shrug, whatever. Here you go. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so just to uh, back up, um, uh, a while ago, gosh, I don't even remember when this happened. Uh, it must have been March or April, April. Uh, I bid on uh, a chance to be on Doug Loves Movies, and I won it. Um, and uh, I, I did not want to be in Los Angeles in... August or in yeah July June July August I did not want to be there at the hot crazy parts of the summer so I deferred my prize until September and so a few weeks ago I emailed Doug and I said what do you got and he said September 11th so here we are <laughs> September 11th and as soon as I won the auction I instantly this is the way this is how crazy i am is i instantly start thinking about like oh what am i gonna do and what am i gonna say and you know how's this gonna go and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna and then of course in my head it's all amazing like i'm king shit funniest dude ever everything i say is amazing totally lands perfectly you know i get to talk to everybody that i want to talk to like it's a whole thing so that is, of course, is the fantasy. Uh, oh, and uh, my throat's a little funky, uh, and so I've got my uh, ginseng tea here. So I'm going to be taking a lot of ginseng breaks. So uh, let's get back to the Caro Emerald. I'm gonna wear blue. Anyway, so I um, I give Doug the list of six people that I would love to have on the show as possible guests. I tell him the games I want to play, everything. So, uh, I, uh, I, I, he, Doug is notorious for not releasing the guest list. He does not even tell the other guests who he is going to be on the podcast with. Um, uh, is that right? Whatever. Anyway, uh, so he just said like, oh yeah, I think you'll be happy. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? He just is like, yeah, here's the, I'm not telling you who the guests are. Uh, I think you'll be happy about who we get. So I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, I get it, right? You know, if somebody bows out, you know, he doesn't want to tell everybody, oh, this person was here and now they're not. And now I have to explain why they're not here. And so he just, it's just easier for him to just be like, let's see who shows up. Whoever shows up gets put, you know, on the uh, on the show, right? So, I so out of six people, four people agree to do this, and uh, I show up, and 
Uh, we, uh, Alexis and I had watched uh, the show previous to that, which is another podcast called Put Your Hands Together. It's a stand-up showcase show. Uh, usually a bunch of unknowns, people you've never heard of, which is the definition of unknowns, isn't it? Mm, yes. So, uh, we, we, but this time, haha, it is, op- the opener of the show is Conan O'Brien! And, uh, and you would think like, oh, wouldn't you want to hold him till the end? And the answer is no, because he wants to leave. So he wants to come in, just do crazy shit for 10 minutes and then split. Um, yeah. So, uh, he, he does, you know, his insanity and, and it, and it's, it's great for both parties because, uh, you know, to put your hands together, they get people, they, you know, pack the place every week. But um, if there is that um, sort of uh, mystery, you know, oh, we could have a Conan O'Brien coming by or we could have this person coming by. You know, you never know who's going to be here. The chances of packing that place. And look, the UCB theater on Franklin is small. I think it's a 99 seat theater. It's really tiny. So any seat's a good seat. Uh, and you have no place, no no problem packing them in. But um, I think, uh, you know, there, Doug has said in the past that there have been empty seats. So let's go through the timeline. Uh, so we watch... Um, Put your hands together, Conan O'Brien, five other, um, five other comedians. I think it's about ten or fifteen minutes before Doug Loves Movies is supposed to start. So I walk backstage, and it's pretty obvious how to get there. I had actually seen um, on a previous show at at the Franklin or the UCB Franklin location, so I knew roughly the layout of the place and everything. So I. As soon as, you know, they they clear everybody out, then I just head backstage. And uh, I immediately run into Doug Benson. Perfect. Because um, I didn't really, like, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, a you know, it's a, it's a left and a right and a this, and you got to go through a door and a that and Freund Leven. So uh, it was great that I ran into Doug. And I recognized him in the low light. And I said, oh, Mr. Benson, hello. Nice to meet you, Alan Holm. Like, I had my shit together. Very professional, very cool. Oh, great. He says, all right, come on this way. And so we go through the door. And now we go through the door. And this is when I realized we had four guests. Because immediately to my right, it's Paul Shear talking to Ricky Lindholm. To my left, it's... Uh, a woman I don't recognize, and then Kate Micucci, and then I look across from me where Doug is walking, and I see uh, comedian Jeff Tate. Uh, if you don't know who these people are, you uh, we shouldn't be friends because these are every everybody that I these are all the people I care about. Uh, you know, uh, Garfunkel and Oates is uh, Kate Micucci and. And Ricky Lindholm, of course, Paul Shear is from 
the League and NTSF SDSUV and Children's Hospital and uh, The Disaster Artist and Jeff Tate. Uh, if you listen to Doug Loves Movies on a regular basis, Jeff Tate is uh, one of the best comics that you, you know, isn't you know, blow it, you know, he's, 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 he's not, you know, a, a, a theater act yet. Like he's still playing clubs. So now my brain is scrambling. Cause I'm just like, Oh shit. Now we've got four people that I'm going to be a part of. And so it, it, it kind of was like everything that was in my head that I had been rehearsing for weeks kind of fell out of my brain. I was just like, what? And then, you know, Ricky and, and, and so I had this whole fantasy that I would like get a chance to like talk to these people before the show. But like Ricky was in deep conversation uh, with Paul Shear, and I didn't want to bust in on that. And, and Kate was working on artwork for the the winner because uh the way doug loves movies works is there's games and then there's prizes and then there's a winner and she gives the winner she was making art for the winner and uh i didn't want to bother her but then she looked up and she was like oh hey and i was like oh hey i'm alan she's like oh are you the you know one that asked us to be here and i was like yeah that's me and she's like oh that's so great that's so nice and i was like hey all right great and so um uh, there was a little bit of chit chat. I had purchased uh, donuts earlier in the day, so uh, I brought those along, plus my stuff for the prize bag. And uh, really, that was about it for the for the backstage antics. Uh, if you have not heard my episode of Doug Loves Movies yet, it's up. It's up right now. So go go and listen to it. Um, because everything that happens in that uh, episode is, is, you know, everything that happened to me is in that episode. It happens all on stage. There's very, very little backstage stuff. Uh, I guess what I can tell you about the, the backstage at the UCB Franklin location is uh, it is about the width of, or the depth, I should say, of like two couches, right? So they've got... You know, two, one, each couch is facing each other and the length is about two couches long and they've got a little dorm fridge in the corner where they keep, you know, drinks for the guests. Uh, but it's, you know, it's what you would expect, right? Um, and, uh, you know, it's not huge, but it's it can fit a lot of people in there because of shows like Put Your Hands Together where they've got a lot of people on the bill and then Conan O'Brien. And then, you know, some people who hear that Conan O'Brien's going to be there, so then they all gravitate backstage. I mean, when we were standing in the line waiting to get in to put your hands together, and we saw Kate Micucci walk by, which was like a full hour before our show was even starting. Maybe she wanted to get her artwork done, or maybe she knew Conan O'Brien was going to be there. Hmm? Yes? Hmm? Yes? Hmm? strong, but not when you're Now, I, by this point, I'm assuming you have either witnessed <laughs> the events or you have listened to the events. Um, one thing that... Okay, well, let's start with the, the shit that I didn't get to do. Um, all the things I had planned. 
it's never going to happen. I mean, uh, it, you know, it, it is what it is. So I might as well just tell you because, look, I put a lot of work into it. Um, I did kind of fuck up my joke that I was really wanted to get right, which is uh, when I'm putting prizes in the prize bag and I say, you know, I'll be enjoying uh, Shaun of the Dead and you'll be watching Slither. And then, uh, and I'll be enjoying RoboCop, and you will be watching uh, uh, Theodore Rex. But I said uh, Shaun of the Dead twice. Okay, you know, not terrible. Uh, one of the things that they usually do on Doug Loves Movies is he asks the guest, what was the last movie that you saw? But we didn't have time for that because we've got five people on stage and we had to, you know, the Leonard Malton game, which takes a lot of time. Um, so uh, we skipped that part. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you um, that uh, I watched uh, Taxi Driver in, in an effort to, to do this. I had never seen Taxi Driver before. And it was a classic movie that I had never seen, and I thought, you know, that's that's a, a a good, you know, thing that I thought that would spark some conversation. Um, I had an opinion of what I thought Taxi Driver was, uh, and then when I watched it, I'm like, wow, this is terrible. This is a terrible, terrible movie. It's an hour and a half and 20 plot lines that go absolutely nowhere, and then it ends in a 10-minute gun battle for really no reason. I mean, there's barely any reason. Uh, and and I know what you're thinking. Hey, spoilers. Well, look, like I always say, say it with me now, you can't spoil a bad movie. Okay. So I got that out of the way. That was something I, I meant to say and I didn't. Um, I, I wished I had been able to converse with them a little bit more one-on-one. Um... And I wished, I wished the jokes that I had, that I had to say, actually got laughs. <laughs> I mean, you've heard the episode now. They do not get laughs. Uh, and, and that was a bummer. Um, I felt like I chimed in a good amount, right? Like I didn't, I didn't chime in too much. I felt like the things I said were relevant. Uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of these people talk on Douglas movies a lot and they just yammer for like no reason. And, um, and, or, or they just feel like they have to say something. And I, I, I knew that it was funny because, um, I, uh, I, Alexis and I took a, a walk around Griffith Park Observatory before the thing. And I said to him, like, you know, tonight is going to be an exercise in not trying too hard. And uh, I think I did it. So yay me. Um, and I have to say, to not to be too hard on myself, but I do feel like Paul Shear said things in the show that got laughs that were not that much different than what I was saying. And maybe it's just because Paul is just so much more relaxed than me, or maybe it's because he's Paul Shear and everybody loves him and so people laugh more at the things he has to say. Or maybe he's just genuine, genuinely funnier than me. I, I could believe all of these. But out of all of that, you know, there's good, there's bad. The one thing that happened 
that I could never have predicted, right? Like I tried to predict predict all of this. I tried to plan it. I tried to plan it, plan it, Janet. I tried to plan it to as much as I could and all my fantasies about this and that. And I'm going to say this line and it's going to get a big laugh. What I could not have planned for. And if, if you had told me this was going to happen, I would have said you are out of your mind. There's two things that happened. One, um, actually three things that happened, now that I think about it. Um, the panelists, okay, they said my name like a thousand times. <laughs> it was so, it was, it was weird. It was like really like I had a spotlight on me and I was like, oh shit, I thought I was just going to be a panelist. I didn't realize I was going to be the focus of the attention, which in hindsight is really fucking cool it is that's really neat to be that that much of the focus um uh the other thing that happened was like ricky i was so i was in between ricky and jeff and ricky made a lot of eye contact with me and she was almost shoulder to shoulder with me so our faces are very close and it's uh, you know, I, I I find her quite fetching. And so to have her just like laser beam into your eyes and just be like, and it's already like kind of tense and stressful. And, and then here she is, the one that you've seen on TV all of those times, just like into your brain. And you're just like, whoa. Okay. I know I keep saying that there's a, a number of things that happened, but I've lost track. So another thing that happened that was also unpredictable was um, I, how, what's the right verb, adjective, verb for this adjective? Um, uh, Kate Micucci and I had some sort of connection. Uh, and that she found me um, maybe pathetic, pathetic, sad, damaged, intriguing, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, she tells me that she loves me at least once. Alexa says twice in the episode. So listen for that. If you didn't hear it, trust me, it happens at least once. I mean, I was making eye contact with her when she said it. And I was just like, whoa. Um, but the craziest thing happens at the end. And, and this is a visual thing. And so you probably don't, it, it probably didn't come across. So what happens is, and, and this is another thing that I rehearsed. And of all the things that I rehearsed, I am glad that this is the one that I got right, right? Like if I screwed up all the other ones, it'd be a bummer but it, I could live with it. This is the one that mattered to me. And it's it's my plug at the end. And um, I, I didn't, I, you know, I just threw the, the YouTube thing in there just because it, it, it was a good lead in to have like some kind of real plug. And, and it was nice because Paul Shear even like reinforces that YouTube plug, which was great. But what, 
what it was was I I as soon as I'm done with the YouTube plug, I stand up and I start talking about how much I love all the panelists and how much I've admired them. And then I and then I turn around and I look at them and I start talking about how like this is, you know, a giant bucket list moment in my life. And, you know, on my dying day, this is a moment that I will always remember. And then I think it's Kate who runs up and hugs me. And then Ricky hugs me from the back, I believe. It was all such a blur. It happened so fast. And then they hug me. And then Paul Shear and then Jeff Tate hugs me. And Jeff Tate's a big dude. And now I can, I, I'm just like, I can't move. I'm just pinned. Um, but, and then we have this like really just lovely moment. Uh, and then everybody sits down and then I turn towards the audience and I say, oh yeah. And thanks to Smile Train for getting braces for hookers or whatever you do and then of course but it gets a laugh it gets a laugh and so like i think i think what helped is having this like roller coaster of emotion like you're taking this audience on a ride of like this really honest genuine sincere moment and seeing all of their performers faces react and then to turn around and just say something so dumb uh, that it got a big reaction and and then of course Paul Shear's like don't ruin it Alan but I ruined it I ruined the shit out of it well okay so <laughs> I don't know if there's really anything else to mention uh, on this, um, I did the drive, the drive from hell of uh, to and from Los Angeles. I drove down on the 11th. I came back about an hour ago. My back is killing me because people are just not meant to sit in one position for that long. Um, I have to say, I think one of the reasons why I did it, the drive that is, as opposed to flying, uh, is because I think a part of me was really superstitious about this. You know, when I usually go down there for Max FunCon, it seems more solid. It seems more real. Like, you know, all of these people are coming and everything's been cast in stone and all the players are there. And whereas this Doug Loves Movies appearance always seemed... I don't know, somewhat more ethereal, even though it shouldn't. I mean, you know, he's got the date with the UCB theater and, you know, it just seemed like it just seemed like it could fall apart at any minute. And I and I and I guess as I get older, I'm getting more superstitious and more fearful, which is sad. Um, but I guess my fear was if I bought a ticket, then then the irony of it all would be like, just as I buy the ticket, he's like, oh, sorry, something happened. I broke a leg. I got a TV gig, whatever. But if I didn't buy the ticket, then that could never happen. 
And so that's, I think that's why I did the drive. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, but I mean, look, it, it, um, it all worked out. Oh, and uh, I'll post this uh, on my uh, Twitter account, on my Thank Proj, uh, the Thankful Project Twitter, at Thank Proj. Kate Micucci, god damn, that woman is so nice. She made, uh, even before I got there, she made me a little hand-drawn, hand-painted uh, little um, message uh, about, you know, tonight, about that night. Um, so I'll, I'll put that up. I have that proudly displayed in the room where I am recording this. And... Uh, yeah, it's great. She's great. They're all great. All of them were fantastic. Jeff Tate was really, really high. <laughs> Jeff Tate also refusing to do um, Excited and Bored. Uh, yeah, uh, yet again, one, one more holdout. Everybody else played along. It was great. Um, okay, well then. Um, from me... From the music of Bright Brown and Caro Emerald. Well, I've done Doug Loves Movies. There's no way it could get better than that. But for this podcast, there's still a chance. Let's do this one more time! Till then!